planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Welcome to another episode of the Ever Black Podcast. I'm your host, Nev. On this show, we are joined by legendary guitarist Marty Friedman, who will be heading down under for his first Australian solo tour, and it's going to be unreal. Uh, he's bringing his super band from Japan with him, and each of those members are the highest caliber. It's just going to be face-meltingly awesome. I remember the first time hearing Marty play was uh, Rust in Peace when my best buddy Shane brought back the CD from a family trip overseas, and Holy Wars just melted our faces off, and uh, we haven't been the same since. <laughs> Uh, Marty's just a, not only can he just shred, he's an awesome songwriter as well. And, uh, his last couple albums like Wall of Sound and Inferno are just so catchy and awesome to drive to as well. And, uh, I can't wait to hear some of those tracks live. Uh, Marty's tour kicks off on Wednesday, December 11th at the Crowbar in Sydney. Thursday, December 12th at the Crowbar in Brisbane. Friday, December 13th at the Bendigo Hotel in Melbourne. That one sold out. Saturday, December 14th at the Basement in Canberra. And then Sunday, December 15th at the Evelyn Hotel in Melbourne. That's a new show. And uh, he's doing a masterclass at each venue at 5 o'clock beforehand. They're only uh, limited spots, so don't miss out on that. Tickets are available through www.pinnaclemusic.eventbrite.com. And there's also a special VIP package available through Marty's website. It's going to be unreal. Before we go into the chat with Marty Friedman, I do have to mention our good friends, Blacklight Art and Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They do shirts, hats, patches, you name it. If you can wear it, they can print it. They've done all our shirts and hats for Ever Black Media, and they're great guys, always helpful. Highly recommend checking them out at www.blacklightad.com.au. The show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business. Go check them out at www.rwpromotion.com.au. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to the Ever Black Podcast through iTunes Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Spreaker, YouTube, and Facebook, where we upload uh, all our interviews to. And uh, check out all our reviews and articles at www.everblackmedia.com. Chuck us a like on all the socials and uh, help us spread the word. We really appreciate it, guys. All right, here is my chat with Marty Friedman. That's not Martin Freeman, not the actor from uh, The Hobbit. Marty Friedman guys don't get that wrong it's going to be incredible i can't wait to see marty and uh that's only a couple of weeks away so get your tickets before the tour sells out guys you have been warned they are selling like hotcakes enjoy horns high and we'll see you there hello marty hey pretty good how you doing man dude uh it's great to have you on the show thanks so much for joining us uh we're absolutely pumped for you to come down here for your australian tour next month and i know you've toured here before but i'm, I'm trying to remember when that was? It's it's been a while though. Wow, I've only been to Australia twice, and the most recent time was in 2010. Maybe we spoke then when I was there, and, and I was in uh, maybe three or four different cities. But uh, I, this is the first time that I've ever 
gone there to play with my band as a solo, you know, as my band. Mm. This is really my first time actually doing the proper tour over there um, with my band. And uh, I've been there before, but my band has never set foot in Australia. So everybody's just beyond excited about it. So many people losing their minds over it, man. I mean, look, the first Melbourne show sold out already. Another one added. That must be pretty exciting for you guys too, knowing that, yeah. you know, the demand. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I have no no idea no idea what to expect because I never played there before. So I'm just really, really stoked that uh, there's so much great support for what I'm doing. And uh, I'm sure everybody's going to love my band. I mean, they might come to see me, but when they leave that, concerts are going to be um you know more excited about my band than they are of me because they they outshine me every single night do you know what's funny about that i do know guys who are big fans of your band and your roster of musicians who you got coming coming down with you well it's uh, i've got a new album called uh one bad mf and it's basically that team and it's, it's kind of going to be the closest that you can get to that live album is what you're going to get. Um, it's really hard to explain my band members. There are certain people around the world who are able to do what is mm. uh, necessary in my band and have gone through uh, extensive, intense training to do it. And um, these few people are almost inter- interchangeable um, because there's so few of them. They've gone through such such incredible uh, training to do such a thing. So, uh, like I said, the, it's the top priority is that they have to be more, they have to get more attention than I do when we play. <laughs> they can't just be there in the background. They really have to play, you know, they really have to be there. So uh, I think you'll really enjoy the band members. Is uh, is it Kiyoshi Manny? Is that how you pronounce her name? Is she playing with you? Yeah, Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi, yes. Yes, she is. Kiyoshi is, uh, she's my bass player for many, many years. One of the few, uh, who have played, you know, the most shows with me and, uh, really a fantastic bassist and a fantastic artist in her own right is Kiyoshi. She has her own albums and she just finished her fourth album, which hopefully she'll bring down to Australia to, uh, you know, introduce to the fans that come and see or play with me. She's incredible. She is such an absolute machine on that bass. Uh, I, I can't wait to see her play live. Oh, you've seen her play? Oh, just on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what is your auditioning um, process like? I mean, you say that, you know, they, it's, they've got to go through a lot to, to keep up, but when it comes to auditioning these guys, other than musical ability, what do you look for? Oh, yeah, you're right to say other than musical ability because musical ability has to be pretty much taken for granted. You know, it's it's beyond that. It's, it's like a showmanship type of thing. It's kind of an attitude. Um, I think Kiyoshi's a perfect example. She's got her own thing. When she plays, she's not just mimicking what I'm doing. She's doing her own thing that works in my music really mm-hmm. well. And you'll see the same thing with my guitarist and drummer as well. The auditioning process, it's really, um, it's quite crazy. It's quite difficult, I think, for the people who want to do it. And I, there are le- many people who have the musical ability to do what I need. But beyond that, it's kind of stamina. It's kind of uh, image and appearance. You know, I, you know, there are 
people that play fantastically, but maybe they look like they work in a bank or sell insurance or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, that's not going to work. You know, I want, uh, like I said before, I really want them to take a lot of the attention. You know, um, I want every person to take an equal amount of attention. So it feels like a band. So in the audition process, you know, I, I want to think, wow, am I covering for this guy or is, is he holding his own? You know what I mean? So, uh, Nobody walks away from the concert feeling like there was a weak link in there, you know. And that's pretty much the whole process. You kind of learn that over time as well. Sometimes it took a little while to uh, get the people. For example, um, I played with uh, Takeyoshi Omura a lot when um, I toured Europe and uh, mm. in the early teens we did a lot of stuff together and he i've known him since he was a teen but i never thought about having him in the band till he was quite older and then once he joined the band he was just a fantastic star and um just played wonderful wonderful guitar with me and then he does his own music which is also fantastic so you know i've been watching him for a while and then uh, it came time when uh, I was thinking of having him join the band, and he did a great job for maybe seven, eight years. And um, so I always uh, love to support him in whatever he does. And um, there are a couple other young guys that I've got my eyes on that uh, I keep in mind, and maybe one day will be right for them. But it's really all about uh, how they fit in the band unit and uh, how the whole whole show comes off looking. You know, that's very important to me. Absolutely, and and I trust that every single one of them are just going to be uh, absolutely on fire on this tour because I've seen their videos and uh, uh, they're, they're nuts. They're insane. So it's it's going to be incredible. And of course, thank you so much. You've also worked with some amazing vocalists as well, like Jorgen Muckenby. Um, I can never say his name properly. I hope he forgives me. Uh, Danko Jones, Daniel Tompkins, uh, Dave Davidson. Man, so many awesome dudes. Is it anyone that? you'd want to work with in the future? Someone that you've been trying to nail down for vocals on a song? Um, I'd love to do co um, collaborations that are unique and and magic comes out of them. And uh, it's very organic. They just kind of fall into place. You know, I never really mm -hmm. searched out this guy or that guy. But, you know, when you're doing music and when you're on the road and you're in the studio, you run into people that you admire and, um, you know, you can kind of tell by your conversations if it's going to lead to something more than just a, uh, a friendship and you, you mm. think it's going to possibly be like kind of a kindred spirit type of thing. We want to do a song together. Um, like in Jorgen Munkerby's case, I was a big fan of his band Shining and, um, when we were put together, I just knew immediately that we had to work on something together because uh, it was just a chemistry, and it, it didn't take more than a few minutes to figure out that uh, we both wanted to do something. So I worked with him on my last two records and and um, actually toured with him. And a lot of those things, they just come out very organic from just the first meeting. You can You can tell when you found a piece of that you'd like to add to your puzzle. And um, pretty much everybody who's guested on my records has been like that. But Jorgen was really a, a definite kindred spirit because 
he's a maniac and perfectionist and really <laughs> groundbreaking, innovative musician. I really love him. Mean sax player, too. Yeah. I, I never thought that I was going to like sax in my music until I met that guy. I know, right? With the metal? He just makes it work, hey? It's so weird. that I, I, I love it, too. Incredible. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, your wife as well. She's an amazing cellist and has played with you on the albums. How's it working with her? Do you guys, like, jam together, like, to chill out? We never play together at home or anything like that. Um, it's very unusual. She's always doing her music, and I'm doing my music, and we always try to find opportunities that we can play together. And uh, recently, I've been doing an orchestral show every season in Japan, and she's been doing that. Um, but... Um, Usually we're both in such different directions and such different uh, musical uh, atmospheres that we never get to play together. But uh, when I'm writing the music, I find a place to uh, have her play, and she's just a perfect, perfect complement to what uh, I'm trying to do. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very easy, actually, because uh, we can talk about things in detail, you know what I mean? When you just mm. hire somebody to play a part, you're really just in the studio giving directions, but uh, you know she's seen the entire creative process of all the demos and the months of you know working on rough versions and remixes and and uh, arrangements. So she's heard this stuff from the ground up, so she really knows a lot deeper than a session musician would know what what I need to have played. And it's just a joy to get her on as much stuff as possible. Are you bringing her jam with you? For at least a treat? I wish. No, she's not coming to that. Oh. Um, she's come on tour a couple times, but uh, never really has that many days off in a row from her own music. So uh, true. It's kind of uh, would be really lucky to uh, lucky to get her on that. But sometime that's one of the places that she'd really like to visit. And, uh, maybe we'll go for a vacation sometime. It's funny that because Australia's not that far away, man. You know what I mean? You could blink your eyes on a plane. It's not as bad as it used to be. Well, <laughs> yeah. When I was in America, it was just a, like a impossible dis- distance, but now it's really it's, it's really close by. So uh, I'm actually kind of surprised it took this long to get over there. But uh, you know, a lot of musical opportunities were in other places, and uh, mm-hmm. this is the first time that uh, all the stars aligned and uh, Australia is going to happen. So uh, I'm really excited. And we are excited, man. I, I can't stress that enough. And of course, I mean, living in Japan, I'm sure you've been exposed to a whole range of music over the years. And, uh, you know, where has the most surprising source of inspiration come from, from there for you? Well, um, it's not too much of a surprise that I've gotten a whole lot of influence from Japanese music. But what what is pretty surprising is uh, I, I did uh, some music in Argentina from... Uh, a composer named Astro Piazzolla. And um, that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse of what I would normally discover, but uh, I played with his grandson, and it was the most challenging music and most beautiful music that I'd ever played. And I had to play it in Buenos Aires in front of Argentina people who live and breathe that music. So uh, it was such a challenge, and and I haven't had a challenge like that in years. So... uh, uh, that was a big surprise to me, and I enjoyed that immensely and uh, have done many things that have been influenced by that uh, 
Argentina tango music since then. So even in my own music, there are some there are some nods to that, and um, that's kind of surprising. You probably see a lot of of the the heavy music scene over there, and, and you know, there seems to be like I mentioned my friend Shane, who is nuts for Japanese metal. Um, he just went to England to go to a Japanese festival in England. Go figure. <laughs> but um, wow. the the speed metal melodic thrash thing seems to be big with the Japanese bands over there. You know, like you know, you got Love Bites and the current female metal boom in Japan at the moment. It's just it doesn't seem to really exist anywhere else. I mean, why why is this genre such a massive influence on on Japanese metal bands right over there at the moment? Do you know? I think that you've got it right when you say the genre is a massive influence. The genre itself is a massive influence, but the genre itself is not really very popular at all. What is popular is music that is being made by people who grow up with heavy music and guitar music and thrash music and Hmm. intense progressive music. A lot of the people who discovered that music grew up to be musicians and have branched out into more mainstream musical fields, and they've injected those kind of flavors into pop music. And uh, that's pretty much what I've done in Japan a lot. You know, I played with uh, groups like Momoito Clover and AKB48, and they're really far from heavy music. But when I played with them and worked with them recording and playing live, I really add that element of heavy music to them. And that's okay in Japan. In Japan, the mainstream allows heavy influences in the mainstream music, whereas in the other countries, like where I grew up in America, there's heavy music and there's non-heavy music, and they don't really mix very much. And uh, Japan is different in that respect. Yeah, well, it's definitely that way down here in Australia. Like, it's pretty divided. It is or it isn't? It is. Totally divided here. Like uh, you're either, you're a metalhead or you're uh, or, or you're mainstream sort of. So I love that. I love hearing that about Japan. Yeah, yeah. I've got to get my ass over there, eh? <laughs> I've got to do it. Oh, you you got to come sometime, man. You got to experience it. I've heard nothing but awesome things. I'd love to tour there. That's like my dream. <laughs> so yeah, my... I think you definitely definitely enjoy it. Oh, man, that'd be sick. So, I mean, your Brisbane show, we're looking forward to, especially as I was going to say before, because, I mean, it's a special show for me, being that uh, you you were actually my first introduction to metal many, many years ago. Me and Shane, who I spoke about before, you know, he came back from the Philippines with uh, Rust and Peace and sat there and put it in, loaded in the seat and just hearing that. And that changed our world, man. And I'm sure that you all around the world uh-huh. you hear this. You know what I mean? Like people come up to you probably randomly in the street and say, "You know, you're you're you were my intermetal." Does it happen a lot to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it does, and uh, I never get tired, and it's always flattering when people like anything that I've done from any period of my career, and um, it's always flattering and it's always welcome. And as long as people are enjoying what I'm doing and uh, I'm going to keep doing it. And even when they stop enjoying it, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, and uh, even, if they hate, even if they hated it, I would keep doing it. But no one does. That's the thing. And I think, especially I love, love the last couple of hours you've released, man. I think they are just in, I, I love Inferno a lot. A lot. Uh, I think that thank you very fun. much. 
Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be doing a lot of that in Australia. That is, ha, ha, have you got a vocals touring with you? Uh, we do sometimes, and sometimes us in the band sing as well. And we usually don't like to announce that because then people will expect it and wait for it. But sometimes uh, we just do it out of the blue. And um, and sometimes even the guest, guest vocalists from my records have come and played with us live. Like Danko Jones played with us in, uh, he sang with us in L.A. on the last tour. And um, I had uh, Dave Davidson from Revocation come in. And uh, sometimes the people who've guested with us have come up, and we've had singers and guitar players and people of all all kinds come up and do that. So I like to do a surprise, but uh, can't promise anything like that in advance. That's all good, man. That's all good. It's going to be uh, unreal. I will personally guarantee you're going to leave very sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Wouldn't have it any other way, man. What's awesome. next for you for, for after the, the tour? What's what's going into 2020 for you? In 2020, uh, there's a lot of uh, Japan Olympic-related things that uh, I have planned and mm. uh, a lot of television work and hopefully a tour of Europe because I haven't toured Europe in quite some time. I've pretty much only done Japan, South America, and North America over the last five, six years. So uh, I get European offers all the time, but uh, it's always been a timing issue where I've been somewhere else and couldn't do it. So... Uh, going to try to hit Europe and then start to uh, work on my new record. And it's going to be a, a busy year with the Japan Olympics and a lot of the activities I'll have regarding that. But um, it's going to be busy. All I can say is that much. And exactly what's going to happen, I don't know at this point. Well, Muddy, thanks again for taking the time to hang on the show. Tour kicks off on Wednesday, December 11 in Sydney, but we'll see you on Thursday, December 12 in Brisbane. Tickets are on sale now and selling like hotcakes. Until then... Take care, my friends, and uh, keep uh, keep partying on. Awesome, brother. Thank you, Nev. Talk to you in Brisbane. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your EVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with EVIC and Harris Teeter Fuel Points.